keep it locked on Stockton Mortgage Sports Talk with Dan Issel and Mike Pratt on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Here's Dan and Mike. All right, welcome back in. Sports Talk. Dan Issel and Mike Pratt brought to you by Stockton Mortgage. Louis Rebeau sitting in today for Mike alongside Megan Devine. Two of us are two-thirds of the Horse Racing Happy Hour podcast triumvirate. Big words don't, on Friday. That is a don't big word. Don't talk over. Don't talk over Bobby Gentry. What's wrong with you, man? <laughs> I got pointed at by our producer. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's... Just, just That's a reminder here, the top of the 11 o'clock hour brought to you by Delta Dental of Kentucky, where they believe everyone deserves a healthy and happy smile. So whether you are looking for dental coverage for your employees and individual or for your family, Delta Dental of Kentucky has you covered with a nationwide network of dentists. They also offer Delta Vision, a comprehensive vision plan through VSP. Enrolling in a dental or a vision plan is easy. Call 1-800-955-2030, 1-800-955-2030, or visit ky.deltadental.com. Very nice. Good job, Lou. Well, there you go. I appreciate you. Lou, the, um, there you go. I get <laughs> You are now Lou. <laughs> Dan can call me Lou. That's fine. <laughs> the, uh, the, I like the on-air uh, compliments, by the way. It's, it's so many people work in jobs where they don't get positive feedback, right? They only hear the negatives. They live in these worlds where their bosses only come to them when it's when it's negative or their coworkers or whatever it might be. Dan Essel with the positivity during the show. I appreciate it. There you much. go. There you go. <laughs> I, have, I, I have a child like that. Well, she's not a child anymore. She's almost <laughs> almost fifty. She's still but a I, child. I told I told her the other day. Every time she has good news, she calls her mother, and every time she has bad news, she calls me. So so she called me yesterday uh, with some bad news about uh, that she had started to take antibiotics and had broken out in a rash and she said but i tried to call mom first and she didn't answer (laughs) (laughs) spreading the bad news around there you go Uh you're supposed to call the mom first that's right so so louis if you think that uh, when the children uh, grow up and leave home you won't have any sleepless nights anymore yeah, it, that doesn't happen. <laughs> oh, I, I unfortunately know that I will I will get a good night's sleep when I'm dead. There um, you that's go. essentially how that'll have to work out. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so this is a sports talk, uh, Stock to Mortgage Sports Talk. Dan Issel, Mike Pratt. I'm Louis Rebeau alongside Megan Devine in for our Friday horse racing segment. I like this tradition we've started, Dan. Yeah. I uh, do, too. I love it. Yeah, and uh, we had... Uh, Nice enough to join us last week was the very injured uh, <laughs> Ron Flatter. Hopefully he's doing better. Uh, I think I'm on his show this week, Megan. Oh, okay. So just a heads up, I'll be on the Ron Flatter pod, which Megan will not listen to, no chance. Um, but you should out there I in mean, the world. <laughs> I like Ron. Yeah, I, no, I know. Ron. That's right. No. <laughs> he does a good job on his podcast. But uh, we are here to talk Regret Stakes Day tomorrow, or the Arlington Day tomorrow, whatever you want to call it, at Churchill Downs. Six stakes on the card. Uh, many of them listed stakes. But um, excuse me, um, we're going to talk seven races, six stakes on the card. Many of them listed stakes, Megan, but higher level horses because the purse money is there. Two hundred thousand dollars minimum for all of the uh, stakes. And actually, that's what that is with an uh, optional claimer in the middle with one hundred and twenty seven thousand dollar purse price. When I moved to Kentucky, I think the uh, the, Dan, you can help me with this. The optional claimer purses were probably in the 40s. Does that sound right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the uh, they, the the maidens were in the thirties. 
and, and not to get sidetracked, but did you see that in September, Kentucky Downs, yeah, the maiden races are going to be $150,000, mm-hmm. uh, the highest in the world. Now, Jap- Japan had that distinction for a long, long time, and Kentucky Downs has now surpassed Japan as far as the purse money for maiden races. Unbelievable. Kentucky Downs, a friend of uh, ESPN Louisville, so happy that they're uh, continuing their their march toward ridiculous Hong Kong-sized purses in a field near Tennessee. <laughs> so it's uh, good for them. If and when I ever get into race horses and ownership uh, or buying horses, I'm, I think I'm strictly just going to look for turf horses <laughs> with the goal to be like, run it Kentucky Downs, and just however you can. And then like maybe we get into the Breeders' Cup if we have a high-level one. But right. just win a Maiden race at Kentucky Downs. <laughs> Pay all your bills. That's all I need you to do. Yeah, exactly. Forget about these dirt horses. They're too expensive at the sale. I want the turf horses. <laughs> oh, man. So we had a we had a cool Saturday last week. I was able to head out. Temple City Terror goes back-to-back in the Kirtana. Shardy Party wins out it, um, in New York. We talked about that race in the Soaring Softly. And, of course, Irad flies out to Los Angeles for a day, dominates at Santa Anita and the two great mm-hmm. ones out there. And so uh, hoping to have another great weekend uh, of handicapping here. Race 5 tomorrow, the Grade 3 Regret, Milan and eighth on the turf it's for three-year-old fillies kicks off that three-year-old philly turf season in a really serious way uh, i landed here um on on a single horse i think this is one of those races where you and i think this is going to be a theme for me the whole day i think there's a lot of class running at churchill downs tomorrow going to be around 80 degrees and sunny so not too hot conditions are going to be really fair and so i think you either you're going to have to pick your spots as far as where you're going to go shorter, where you're going to spread. I'm going to gamble a little to start the pick four here. I'm going to try to single. I think all of the numbers point to the favorite. McCulloch, the three. Chad and Tyler has run well against graded companies, second off the layoff. I, I, it, it'll be tempting to include the two beside herself, Pletcher and Saez. She's only ever won on Lasix, though. So I'm going to go ahead and press the favorite here, the three, in the regret tomorrow. Yeah, I... I actually have a two on top there okay. um i love the fact that she should show a bit of speed here i mean the the race two back yes it was a grade three so there's the the class question mark right this is a graded stakes race this is a horse who uh at least of recently has won a maiden special weight and then an allowance race but spenderella was in there a really really nice horse for grand motion and yeah she didn't have lasix that day but i don't know if it was the competition you know for her that day if it was the the fact that she didn't get the lead which i think is probably more so the case to me she reads very much like a need the lead horse if she has it she gets out there in front she's happy she's good to go and hopefully she can stay out there she's a pretty quick horse um, but if she doesn't and she's headed and she's not able to get her positioning that's the issue that you're going to run into with her and she kind of throws in the towel I mean I I looking at this card thought the only other speed was the five Lola flow who I just don't think is fast enough I don't think right. she's as fast as the two horse so I, I see at least the pace of this short field um, being the two horse beside herself getting a nice nice good start from the gate hopefully and she's just able to stay out in front and and, and hopefully, you know, finish under the line that way. So I, I put her over the three, uh, and then I even put the wa- the one walkathon as a potential yeah. who's two for two on the turf. 
Uh, good pick, Megan. Good <laughs> Which pick. Which one? <laughs> not, uh, not, only, not only has the two races she's won uh, been on Lasix, uh, the two races she has won was also with Luis Saez in the saddle, and Saez is in town tomorrow good to angle. ride. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, I, and I agree with you. The, the five horse looks like she shows speed, but she's a $40,000 claimer. Exactly. Not and as she's fast not, as She's one. not going to be able to run with beside herself uh so i am picking beside herself on top and i've said this before our best looking yearling is by connect and so i'll be cheering for knees and hips to at least hit the board (laughs) in this in this grade three state well i almost thought about i mean i kind of went back to knees and hips a couple times only because it's the adding johnny v angle you know like johnny velasquez on like how much how much does that upgrade a horse's form so i i thought about it for a while so i don't think you're far off there (laughs) i think the the wild card here is candy raid coming out of the oaks trying the turf uh, Keith Desormo, sneaky good start to the to the the meet here. Seventeen percent winning. Eight of his twelve runners have hit the board, have been in the money to start the meet here at Churchill Downs. Goes dirt to turf at seventeen percent. So I think Candy Raid is your uh, your longer sort of uh, maybe maybe the one that sneaks in and wins this race. Uh, horse here having run in the Oaks previously. All right, so let's go That's to the interesting optional. though because oh, okay. I just want to mention like from a betting perspective, you know. We just talked about every horse in this field. You know, I mean, it's kind of one of those where maybe it's not as easy as a seven to five favorite by the time they get to the gates. You know, I don't know how much action McCulloch's going to take. Or do you use one of those horses that we just mentioned, like Walkathon at nine to two, you know, knees and hips six to one or candy rate at four to one and try to play it with an exacta or something to get yourself some value. So from just yes, of course, this is starting off the 50 cent pick for Churchill Downs. But just for this race alone, it's an interesting thought because... I mean, again, we just mentioned every horse in this field. So it seems like, although there are definitely, there's definitely some class in here and the pace scenario is something to be considered, it may actually be a little bit more wide open than what you would just assume with a six, let's call it five, because I'm going to just boot the, the five horse in here, <laughs> <laughs> horse field. All right, so we'll move on to the optional claimer in race six, start of the pick six. It's a mile on the dirt, the one-turn mile at Churchill Downs. Three-year-old for non-two lifers, $80,000 claiming price, $127,000 purse. Megan, I'll let you go first here. Uh, Yeah, so I thought that this one was a really interesting race. I mean, we talk about this time and time again on the Horse Racing Happy Hour if you tune into our shows. Uh, But I think it's important, and if you tune into Fox Sports or TVG or whatever, you know, it it is an angle that that is talked about. The one-turn mile, the old one-turn mile, is such an important thing, you know, because horses, some horses do prefer going the two turns, and some do not. Um, the mile distance is different from track to track at Churchill Downs at Aqueduct. You have those just one turn mile because they start in that big extended chute yep. and then they just have the one turn to go around before they get to the finish line. Saratoga starting the summer again. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so and then you have other tracks where you've got a two turn mile. And so it a mile does not necessarily mean a horse is going to be good at a mile at every track. Um, and I felt like the three horse Sacred Samurai was was kind of a good um, example to use in here. And there's a few others, but this is a horse that typically has been sprinting so you know at first glance you take a look at and you think all right well this horse is going from sprinting technically to routing or a longer distance race um 
but that's not necessarily the case because of the makeup of this particular track. So I love the fact that he is trending in the right direction, though. He won by five lengths last time for Joe Sharp. You get Luis Saez aboard, um, who Dan mentioned is, is just riding so well right now. And it seems like this horse's numbers uh, are going to be really, really important. And uh, so I definitely I've got that one on top. And then I followed it with um, the six awesome Aaron for kind of the same reason, because this horse did very well at seven furlongs. You know, to be fair, at Aqueduct finished a good second at a mile and an eighth. But I felt like this type of a race would really suit a horse like this. Yeah. So I think if you, you know, a horse this is like, a spread race for me, though. Absolutely. Totally agree. <laughs> Three, with six, you. eight, ten, one A. <laughs> OK. Wow. Um, you and I have the same uh, horse on top here. Uh, most likely winner is Sacred Samurai, an improving uh-huh. type. Got better and better uh, as the race went last time out at Keeneland. Joe Sharp is also hitting 40% recently, second mm-hmm. off the layoff. Emirates Road, the eight, is another to look at here for me. Try two turns last time. You mentioned this earlier. Exactly. In that allowance against Creative Minister, no one was touching Creative Minister that day. Uh, it didn't work. Gets Ricardo, who is suddenly, by the way, Hitting at 20% this meet. So the fantastic housewife, Ricardo Santana Jr., back at Churchill, winning those races. I also agree that you have to include Awesome Aaron checks all the boxes. I do think a horse like Durante, the two, with Giovanni Franco, and um, or as I call him, Giovanni. <laughs> and Doug O'Neill is uh, one for two at the distance with a second training well at Churchill Downs. Five to one on the morning line is an awesome number. I went three, eight, six, and two here in this optional clamor. Uh, we're all on the same horse, uh, but I am not spreading in this race. Okay. I think I think Sacred Samurai, there's just too many pluses. You've mentioned most of them. Uh, Luis Saez is riding. Joe Sharp has been on fire. But this horse came out of the one hole at Keeneland. Uh, last time out, which I don't like. I like the fact that uh, there are a couple of horses inside of him now. Uh, he won that race by five and a half with a nice number. And War Campaign, who finished second in that race, has since come back to break his maiden. And this horse was off a bit slow from the one hole mm-hmm. and still won by five and a half in a, in, with a nice number. So um, uh, for me... Uh, and the three horse is a single. The one thing I wanted to ask you guys about, I find this very interesting. You just mentioned uh, Santana, Louie. Yeah. Um, he used to be Asmussen's go-to rider. I, almost everything that Steve uh, ran, Ricardo rode. But have you noticed how Asmussen is starting to spread around to different riders? He's got the seven horse in here with Corey Lannery. And he's got the uh, 12 horse with Florent Giroux. And so I, I, I find that interesting. It's kind of like uh, Steve's trying to find his next go-to guy. Well, yeah. they, go they got in a little bit of a tiff. Um, and Ricardo having just the unlucky streak that he had for a while, uh, it just seemed like he couldn't win on anything. And so Steve started to spread around then. I mean... You know, he's had the privilege, let's say, I guess, of being one of the top call guys for a lot of Steve's horses for years at uh, at Churchill Downs and obviously in the wintertime at Oakland Park. But then Florent Giroux is the one that got Gunrunner. You know, he's the one that got some of the top horses, too. So even though Ricardo technically was the guy, there was another guy who you know, would come in for the big days being Florent Giroux and kind of get those mounts. So I think Ricardo got a little bit maybe resentful of that. And then when he started doing so poorly, Steve was like, yeah, no, this isn't working for us. So he's he's kind of 
spread it around a little bit more, like you said. But what's interesting is I I haven't seen Ricardo on a Steve Asmussen horse in a long time. But actually, on this card, he shows up on yes, one correct. or two. Yep. So it's actually like they're well, he's maybe starting to, to mend. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's doing a little better. But I think they're maybe starting to mend that relationship a little bit. Maybe. And I don't know if this is true. But that also could be from the fact that you know, Steve was pretty upset with the way that Joel Rosario was riding Epicenter in the Derby and the Preakness. So I think it's kind of one of those things where Steve left Ricardo for a while, went to Rosario, and now he's like, wait a minute, I'm sorry. <laughs> and he's, he's starting to come back. So there's all those interpersonal relationships that really take effect, you know, when you see these rider changes or trends. So there you go. All right. So uh, Dan is singling in the in the in the sixth race. I'm sensing a theme that he thinks Luis Saez is going to have ten wins tomorrow. Uh, we <laughs> shall see. Race seven starts the pick five. It's the Shawnee uh, mile and a sixteenth on the dirt for Philly. He's winning this one. Yeah, exactly. Pour it up. Uh, Two hundred thousand dollars. We are uh, of course sponsored by Green Sheet Racing on our show. And my dad thumb up of the week. Most likely winner is Pauline's Pearl in this race. The five, by far the best here. Uh, showing that the purse money talks she can get a check for about 110 120 here uh give me army wife though in the second slot ahead of ava's grace uh if you wanted to play the exacta that's my notes on this race uh i have nothing else to say <laughs> <laughs> well i i was gonna say that my green sheet uh pinky pinky's up pick which is the horse i think is most likely to win regardless of value uh is pauline's pearl as well yeah. so both you and i are there i mean just the way that she ran last time on i think it was kentucky oaks day right uh in la Troyenne, she was up against she dares the devil and just the way that they battled it out um in the final stages of that race it was so impressive and i have such high regard for she dares the devil you know we all kind of went into that race looking at pauline's pearl and saying yeah well she's gotten most of her big wins at Zia and Houston and you know wherever right like can she compete with the horses at let's say the top tier tracks and she did um, so she proved herself there so I agree with you I think Pauline's Pearl with that last performance as long as she can repeat it um, is certainly the way to go in here but I'll take a little bit more value underneath I'm going to go with Crazy Beautiful nice. in the second spot for Kenny McPeak who also is having a stellar meet winning at 24% and him and Brian Hernandez uh, team up together to win at about that same number so I think she's, you know, she's had some tough, I, I guess she's been in against some tough horses before, Malathat, et cetera. Um, she's chased down some monsters and had some good minor placings, but uh, I think she still has talent and she still has speed. We must have gone, uh, Louie, to the same handicapping school because uh, <laughs> that I, I I thought Army Wife uh, oh. had had a had a real look at this. I, I think you know she she uh, she fail, faced uh, Clarier last year, Malathat, uh, Bonnie South. I, 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 she's not going to beat uh, Pauline's Pearl, but she's super but classy. I think, You're right. Yeah, but I think she's got a chance. But you know, you made the point earlier. Louie, and it was a good one, that even though most of these stakes are listed, you've got you've got graded horses in all of them. Not very often do you see a horse who has won a grade one last time out come back in a listed stake mm-hmm. like Paul, Pauline Pearl. Now, there's some other horses. Uh, Ava's Grace was in a grade one last time out, the, the same La Troyenne, but she didn't win. Right. But you don't see grade one winners come back the next start in a listed stake very often. Well, so, and that's that's the to the money, to your point earlier, Dan. Yeah. I mean, that's what used to happen at Kentucky Downs, right, is they didn't have 
graded stakes races because the graded stakes committee didn't give them any and uh, for a long time. And so you just would have these listed stakes races with half, these unbelievable. Half dollars, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Unbelievable purses. And so you, essentially it was a graded stakes. And that's why from week to week, if, you, if you're a horse racing fan, we follow along with that on the horse racing happy hour and we do our own ranking of the race. You know, this would probably come up as higher than a listed stakes as far as our ranking is concerned. Right, Louis? I mean, I think oh, this a, a is a few, great too. Exactly. I think yeah. there's a few races on the card today that would that would come up like that. And so it's something that, you know, that's the benefit of following along throughout the year and kind of be like, yeah, technically on the form, it just says I was a listed six race, but that was a hefty, <laughs> hefty, hefty group. Uh, and I'm excited to talk about what I think is the, the most wide open race of the day, which is the Arlington, the next race, grade three, late pick four starts here, race eight, mile and a 16th on the turf for four-year-olds and up $200,000 here. I know why you're excited. Um, well, no, not just that. Uh, Dan, you need to know on the show, <laughs> we have we have drinking rules. So the show is essentially a drinking game. And whenever someone does, you know, one of the things that that triggers a, a drinking rule, everyone has to take a sip of whatever it is that they're uh, they're they're drinking while they're they're watching us or listening to us on the show. And uh, Field Pass is the five horse here, and Field Pass is one of those horses. All of us have them, Dan. You know, he's eight for twenty five lifetime. It's not like he's a world beater, but when I've needed him in short tickets, he's been my guy. You know, there you so, go. Yeah, he's one of those for me. So and he's so, become uh, a drinking role. <laughs> yeah, right. So I now have to mention him whenever he goes. You know, he wins the Sea Biscuit last November uh, out on the West Coast with the Barrett Rispoli, and uh, you know comes back has not been very good this year, unfortunately. Mm. And so uh, fans of the pod know I love the five field pass. And while he was okay in that Pegasus mm. World Cup Turf Invitational, I'm not sure that he has the same form as a five year old. So well, I wouldn't be surprised if he picks this one off. Mm. But uh, this is my all race of the day. Actually, I'm going to really? grab all six horses in this race. Wow. Okay. I didn't see that coming. Um, Yeah. I mean, listen, with Field Pass, two races back in the Pegasus World Cup Invitational, nobody was going to beat Colonel Liam. That's right. And I think that Space Traveler is a really excellent and very unlucky horse (laughs) who finished third that day. And and Field Pass just never really got in the race. I mean, he had a bump start. He was wide. And I think, you know, Umberto Rispoli, I mean, he just... He had nothing left by the time that they they came to the stretch, and so and that's a short stretch too. So and he finishes within four lengths. It's not like right. he got blown yeah, out. Yeah, I right. know yeah. it was still a blanket finish. Yep. It's just he didn't. Nobody was going to beat Colonel Liam. Um, and then last time that was disappointing to me in in the race at Laurel, the Henry Clark. It was a listed stick race. Surprisingly, he was not the heavy favorite, um, yeah, but know. it was second choice. But he just finished nowhere. Now the the case could be made that he needed the race. You know, maybe some. Something happened there for him. He's one of the examples of a horse that maybe races better without Lasix. And he did get Lasix last time. And I think, you know, Lasix can, uh, it it helps in a lot of ways with the pulmonary hemorrhaging, but it also can really dehydrate a horse. And, you know, depending on what the weather was like there, was it a really hot day? Was it whatever? You know, how did he come into that? He was coming off of a, um, off of a little bit of a layoff. I, th- I think you just kind of say, maybe he just needed the race. And maybe today, without Lasix, this is more his game. So I, I still think he's talented. I'm not willing to give up on him yet. Um, Ricardo Santana jumps on for the first time, so that's interesting. So I've, I've got him, and then I've got admission office. Um, yeah, I keep waiting for him, Who too. I, you know, he hasn't raced since February of 2021. Yep. <laughs> so this seven-year-old gelding, which is practically ancient for a racehorse, um, is... 
he's coming off a pretty long vacation. But trainer Brian Lynch, who's also having an outstanding meet at Churchill Downs, winning at 32%. Um, Brinks Horse is back off an extended layoff at 28%. That's like a Chad Brown number. Yep. You know, and... And he also kind of follows the path of every other. He runs as a gelding for the first time, so they finally have gelded him as a seven-year-old. But he has a bad race, a good race, a bad race, a good race. And if that form follows through, he's on track for a good race. There you go. And they just gelded him. Right, that's what right? I know. And I, it's interesting because I get it, the, the, the point of entry, breeding, whatever. He probably wasn't going to chase a lot. This horse clearly still wants to run if they're doing mm-hmm. that, right? So that's kind of a point uh, to, to add there. Dan, who did you see, who'd you like here? Uh, I, I, too, am going to uh, spread a little bit in this race. I'm not going to use all of them, but uh, my top pick is a two-horse, uh, Floriform. Yep. Uh, I, I like sure. – now, I know two starts back, get smoke and beat him, but that was his first start, uh, Floriform's, in almost a year in the Tampa Bay. Uh, he came back uh, at Keeneland in a, a non-winners of two and, and won pretty easily. Uh, Tyler Gaffleone is in the saddle. Bill Mott is the trainer. It doesn't get much better than that. But the thing I like most about him, Megan and Louie, is the fact that he's he's only had seven starts. And mm-hmm. so there's still room here for improvement. Uh, there's still room for him to run even better numbers than he's been racing. Uh, running so uh, my pick for the race uh, is the two floriform but uh, I too in my pick four will be using several of these well he's one of those two that it seems like they either he just you know runs so hard every time that they need to give him a little bit of a a little bit of a a break from the racetrack as you can see in his form because it it's just a while between races he's not able to string together a sequence so either he has been unlucky he you know runs so hard each and every time which i think you can see in his form since he's been on turf at least he's only finished in the top three um but what's good about him is that you know when he was able to string together two consecutive races january 2nd in 2021 and then February 13th in that same year, uh, he went second by half a length to first. So, I mean, that kind of a pattern tells you that hopefully, as long as they've got this horse right and he's able to, you know, clearly he he was fine after that last race and, and he's got enough that they entered him again, especially Bill Mott, who, you know, I, I think is is not one of those trainers that would push a horse, right? He's, no. he's definitely one of the more conservative guys. And so um, I think it's, it's definitely a good form for him uh, and hopefully he can follow that pattern as well and string together too and improve. You know, the other two horses we haven't mentioned in this race, and this is one of the features here, like the King is a, is a former Derby horse, right? Came out mm-hmm. of the Ruby uh, last year. We found out this year that uh, the Ruby is a good path to the Derby all of a sudden. <laughs> uh, trained by Marcassi, who was a shocking 0 for 20 to start the meet here uh, at Churchill Downs. That is shocking. But gets Luis Ayas in the saddle. And so, for example, just finished. So last four races, let's do this. Lost by two and a half lengths in a high-level allowance at Keeneland in a blistering 140-1. and one. That is an unbelievably fast mile and a 16th over that turf course. <clears throat> Excuse me. Was second before that, third before that, second before that. Never more than three lengths off of the lead last four races. That's why I think this is a spread race, an all-race, in fact, because you pick up Saez. Maybe he's able to close that gap where a horse that's 12-1 to 1 on the morning line is actually your winner um, in the Arlington. The other horse we didn't talk about is get smoking i worry about this horse because i always worry about 
the Arabian Peninsula bump when those horses come back from UAE or Saudi Arabia or whatever. Very rarely do they win their first time back in North America, but this horse has every bit of uh, the credentials to do that. And then Gray's Fable is the six. You get Julian Leperu, who uh, has 999 Churchill Downs wins, goes for um, 1,000 today. He's got three mounts huh. uh, today. It's kind of a cool story. He's one of the, the local guys here. has been good for a very, very long time. One last time out over the mile course here uh, on Thurby uh, here uh, in that, uh, what was that called? The opening verse listed stakes here. And so I just think it's, it's, it's a wide open race. If that horse can return to that, he's a go out front and stay out front kind of horse. If the, the other horses just don't have their kick that day, mm. might be able to do it. And that's why I will be spreading and taking all here. We will finish up the card on the other side, but a reminder that Sports Talk with Dan Issel, Mike Pratt, presented by Stockton Mortgage. This section of it was presented by Delta Dental of Kentucky, where they believe everyone deserves a healthy and happy smile Make sure that when you're enrolling or in a dental or vision plan to call them 800-955-2030, 800-955-2030 and visit them at ky.deltadental.com. You're locked on Stockton Mortgage Sports Talk with Dan Issel and Mike Pratt. Right here on ESPN 680 and 105.7. Now here's Dan and Mike. And welcome back. This is Sports Talk with Mike Pratt and Dan Issel and Louis Rabot and Megan Devine on this fine Friday morning. And a reminder that we are brought to you by Stockton Mortgage. Life can come at you fast. Unanticipated debts, student loans, that credit card you're chipping away at with home values on the rise in most areas. Now may be the time to do a cash out refinance on your mortgage. You may have more equity in your home than you think. And with low interest rates here for now. Don't miss out on the opportunity to utilize your home's equity to knock out some of those high interest debts that weigh you down. Get started with our favorite home loan folks at Stockton Mortgage. Just go to Stockton.com. That's Stockton.com. NMLS 8259. org. Equal housing lender. So I think the only thing we didn't do the that uh, we should have started to mention at least was the first race that we talked about. The regret was the start of that middle pick four. Megan, did you have a middle pick four ticket by chance? No, no. not prepared. Okay. <laughs> I, I did. As he throws um, it at me. No, I'm sorry. I'm uh, trying to put one together for you, but go ahead. The real issue there is that you have Pauline's Pearl in that sequence, right? And so she's going to she's gonna take a ton of money and, and for right. good reason. She's also the start of the pick five. Just a reminder, though, even in those pick five uh, versus pick four wagers, the, the takeout rate's going to be lower on the pick five. Play that late pick five rather than the late pick four. Don't worry about Pauline's Pearl being in there. Um, you're going to get more money back. But the middle pick four, uh, starting with uh, race five, I ended up with a single in the first one with the three, then spread in the second race with four horses, two, three, six, and eight, single Pauline's Pearl. I took all in the last. If you play it for a dollar, it's still only a $24 bet. So it's a very playable middle pick four. If you wanted to spread in other races, obviously you could lower that to 50 cents. But uh, I think because Pauline's Pearl is in that middle sequence, uh, you're going to have to play it for a larger denomination. And so, uh, Dan, are you are you a pick four player at all or are you a pick five guy? 
both whatever's available <laughs> whatever's available usually usually I'm there. a pick five guy lose the first leg and then become a pick four guy <laughs> yeah I get that yeah I get that you know what's funny uh I think Churchill Downs figured that out because for a couple of cards and I'll have to check right now for the uh the card tomorrow they're not doing it tomorrow. They they had tickets where race one was a pick five, started the pick five. Mm-hmm. Race two started the pick four. And then race three started another pick four. Okay. And so essentially what they figured out was all these people who were out of the pick five would play the, the, the second race mm-hmm. for the pick four. If they missed on the second race, they would play the pick four yeah. on race three. So uh, Dan Issel is not alone in uh, in such uh, behavior. And so The, the <laughs> one thing I do not play is the pick threes uh, since they went to the 50 cents mm. i don't think i don't think the 50 cent pick threes gives you much value the only place i do play the pick three is in new york because there's still a dollar right. in new york do you and play the the 20 cent pick sixes i assume not but i don't know uh, only only if there's a mandatory yeah payout. i'm the same way yeah yeah, yeah. I played one a couple weeks ago only because I was confident in three singles at Churchill Downs. Okay. And it was like a $4 ticket and it paid 68 bucks or something. <laughs> and that's fine. I'll take 8 to 1 or whatever. Right. Or excuse me. Absolutely. Uh, 20 to 1 or whatever. And so uh, that kind of number I'll take. But uh, that, you know, usually I don't uh, because they, they have the takeout and then they have the rollover. So they take your money twice. Mm-hmm. And uh, so let's go to that late pick three, which, by the way, Dan's right. You should never play a pick three for 50 cents. Play it for a dollar or $2 if you're going to play it. Uh, starts in race nine, the Aristides. Uh, uh, Aristides was who, Dan Essel? Aristides was the first winner of the Kentucky Derby. Darn right, and the mm-hmm. uh, the nicest room at Churchill Downs that the general public can get to. If, uh, if you, <laughs> there's a statue uh, right outside the paddock. There's a statue of Aristides, and around the statue are are plaques of the people who donated. To, to build that statue and 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 you got if you donated a certain amount you got a little statue of Aristides yourself oh, oh cool and if you if you look uh, if you look at those plaques around the statue you will see Mr. and Mrs. Dan Issel there and you go. We, we have our little Aristides uh, statue on our mantle very cool that's really cool frankly yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the Aristides will be run tomorrow six furlongs on the dirt for four and up to hundred thousand dollars like all of the stakes tomorrow uh does start that late pick three i'll go first here i'm going to use two i think the five bobs edge and the six top gunner are the top two here i actually think top gunner who just um won a, just ran a listed stakes in six furlongs in a minute eight and change at Churchill Downs. That is insane. Sub 109 for the six further longer. He's flying right now. Bob's Edge is capable of coming from deep off the pace. Has been running well at Oakland. We've watched those Oakland shippers run well at lots of different places, including Churchill Downs. So I'm going to shorten up in the Aristides. I'm going to go six and five, Megan. Uh, I'm right there with you with Bob's Edge. I've got him on top. Um, I, I think he's just been a a horse that loves Churchill Downs. He's, you know, four or two for four here, pardon yep. me. Um, he does leave himself maybe just a little bit vulnerable in that he is a closer, so he needs that speed to run at. I, I think you're probably going to get that early go from Bango drawing the rail yep. um, over there. Top Gunner also has speed, and even Jalen's journey, too, has been known to be out there in front. So I don't know how much of a concern it is, but it's something to keep in mind when you're, you know, identifying the pace projection. Um, he also is getting quite a bit of class relief here. I mean, he 
was in a couple of grade threes last time uh, against Jackie's Warriors, who is an unbelievable horse. Uh, and then last time in the Whitmore, he, you know, proved himself worthy in that grade three event at Oakland Park. So I certainly think Bob's Edge is is the way to go. I'm shocked to see Adam Biskitza's, um percentage be only 7% right now Hasn't because whenever I'm paying attention, which to be fair is like in the turf races, he's winning. <laughs> so I guess maybe sure. that's it. And I, I mentioned that last week, I think on our show is, you know, Adam Biscuits on a Brendan Walsh horse on the turf. I'm playing it. But any other scenario, maybe I get a little bit more wary. Um, and so this being obviously a, a dirt sprint race, I'm kind of like, eh, do I want to go there? You know, with that much confidence? Um, I will say I, I use the six top gunner as well. I agree with everything you said there. And he's been ultra, ultra consistent. The only other horse that I might put in the middle of the two is Jalen Journey. And I, you know, maybe it's it's almost one of those situations where when you know too much, it can really get in the way, right? And I, I know that this is a horse that they really, really liked for a long time. I mean, when they brought him over in uh, 2021, and I was over there in Dubai for the Golden Shaheen, it was a horse that they thought had a pretty good, solid chance to do well, and, and he just finished nowhere. Louis Sias was aboard that night, and then he came back. You know, as we do see it happen often, um, he didn't perform that well in his next race at Oakland Park, but that being said, he also had a little bit, I think, significant trouble in there, and that took up sharply note is absolutely validated validated if you watch the the replay um and then he's had some okay form i don't know what happened at oakland park on march 25th where i guess maybe he needed the race i don't know rosario was aboard that day he doesn't seem to be doing that well on these aspies and horses of late um you get ricardo back in the irons i just i think Jalen journey is a better horse than what his form maybe says um, and I, I, I think it's one of those where I think he's really sitting on a big performance. He likes Churchill Downs. He's one for one here. He obviously likes this distance. He's run some pretty big numbers before. So at 10 to 1, I, I'm going to play him. Awesome. I think the, the wild card here is the 12 to 1 Pyron, who won uh, two back in a turf sprint. There's clearly something going on because trainer Al Stahl Jr. is going to move him to the dirt, which he does well at 19%. Uh, he is a, he wins at 21% in stakes races. To be fair, a lot of that is down in Louisiana. But uh, trying Pyron here, if I was going to play a longer shot, I would be looking um, at Pyron, who is 4 for 8 at the distance lifetime. What say you, Dan Issel? Uh, I thought this was an interesting race, not because a lot of these horses are really good right now, but that a lot of these horses are really bad right now. (laughs) Uh, Bango, who, of course, is uh, he's a horse for course. He's won six out of 12 starts. Now, I know that was the first start uh, 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 last month, the first start in, what, six months? Uh, And he drew the one and was a bit slow to start, but he draws the one again and at age five maybe he's not the same horse miles ahead uh, had won three in a row at Gulfstream, including a buyer of 102 when he won the Gulfstream uh, park sprint but then went to california and got beat 14 lengths uh, your horse pyron last time out got beat 91 lengths uh, now i've been doing this for a long long time <laughs> i can't recall that they put in the form that a horse got beat 91 lengths yeah i mean uh, usually when the comment line says ease they don't put how, yeah, by how much exactly they, <laughs> they just kind of do a dash you 
you know. But <laughs> you, you, somebody's got something against this horse because they're like, no, no, we're, we're printing it. <laughs> right. You got Nectar Island, who uh, is cutting back in distance. His last four races have been at a mile. And uh, you've got Bob's Edge, who I guess with a sloppy track last time out, but he got beat significantly. Uh, Top Gunner is going up in class. Uh, Long Range Toddy has never won at at Churchill. Uh, I'm going to go with the five horse Bob's Edge. Hope that uh, that last out performance was because of the sloppy track and uh, And and hope he gets enough, enough pace to run at. Well, there you go. I I agree with you. Sometimes these these sprints kind of surprise you because a horse just gets out front, stays out front. Mitchell Merle's having a really nice. Um, every time I watch, uh, Mitchell Merle picks off a race for some reason, and he and uh, Chris Hartman <laughs> hitting at thirty two percent. Yeah, they do with really, Necker really Island, well and so yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of little things to look at. This here. was the only one stakes race on the card. I thought, at least for the races that we discussed, that I felt like was probably an allowance plus. You know, if okay. we were to downgrade like our version of of what we were talking about but you know to that effect i think that that makes it one of the more competitive races because you just it's one of those hands up races like eh, is it bob or is it could it be anybody else i also wonder if if long range toddy is eventually going to pick one of these sprints off well the thing about long range toddy though is that and john court is an excellent rider and i mean all credit to him because he is still doing very well uh at age 56 maybe something like that i think uh, I know I, I can't do it at 30, so <laughs> <laughs> just, but, um, you know, you pick up Louis Saez, who was aboard last time. And again, that was that race with Jackie's warrior. That was a grade one. Clearly that was just, he was in way too salty of a race. Um, especially with Jackie's warrior that just takes that grade one to a grade one plus plus, um, on that form. And so if you draw a line through that, I mean, he really hasn't done poorly besides the, the, few times they've tried to stretch him out to a mile which clearly he's like nah I'm not a miler please keep me sprinting Um, his form is actually okay so I think with Luis Saez back aboard the fact that he stayed aboard stays aboard after that dismal performance there against Jackie's Warrior I think is probably a good indication that this horse still has something left in the tank and he ran second in this race last year or excuse me yes in the Aristides last year um, in the listed ranks right behind Bango, who won mm-hmm. this race last year. So there you go. little repeat there. By the way, you say uh, allowance plus. I think with the purses at Churchill Downs, that makes it a listed stakes, essentially, because we do have some allowances that feel like listed stakes. Well, yeah. I mean, but that's, that's I mean, all credit to Churchill Downs and to Kentucky Racing because of the purses. I mean, you've got graded stakes races out in California that aren't even $200,000 no, sometimes, sure. you know? Right. So yeah. it's, it's, you know, this field is just an interesting one. Uh, because of that, I felt like, like Dan said, you know, you've got a lot of horses that aren't doing well right now. So it almost feels like this should be kind of an allowance easy spot for these horses. But it's the, the water is just so muddied in this group. Then, Louis, before we go to the blame, I want to uh, remind everybody and, and thank George Timmering and the Baranos team for bringing lunch by the ESPN Louisville studios today. Baranos has you covered for all of the big events this weekend. They're right next to the Yum Center, so if you're down there for some event, stop by and get a great pizza. Carry out, delivery, or dine in. There are 14 area locations in Metro Louisville and Southern Indiana. Yeah, it's that good. Baranos Pizza. All right. So, Megan, uh, Megan, uh, Dan, I, I think you know, but I don't know if you know. Megan is pregnant. And uh, 
Congratulations. Thank you. We're expecting our first. It's a, a little girl uh, due, I think I'm due the day after Thanksgiving. So. Clark Day. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Clark Day. I know. My husband is the photographer at Churchill Downs, and so uh, that's a big day for them. I don't yes, know sure. what he's going to choose, either me or <laughs> this day at the races, because I don't know how he's going to miss that. If it was a boy, you're, he probably would have had to name it Clark. <laughs> Megan, your husband is a photographer? Yeah, my husband's a uh, Curtis Cody for Cody Photography. That that uh, he wears all those cool looking suits. Yeah, right? yeah, he's yeah. the most fashionable man at Churchill Downs or any other of his twenty nine <laughs> racetracks that he does. Oh, that's terrific! Well, uh-huh. congratulations. Thank you, thank you. And so I, I brought that up to ask: Is pizza something that sits okay with the current? pregnant belly oh you know what actually yes because oh, i yeah. and not, not that i've had any so i might have to take some of the pizza here <laughs> in the studio right. today yeah, for yeah. lunch from beer nose because um i i was we were watching it was a tv show or a movie whatever last night and i was watching somebody eat pizza and i had that moment where i was like mm, pizza, pizza. <laughs> you know? and I, then like decided that that's what i needed to have I more have than a, anything in the world i have a folder <laughs> in my phone of screenshots of text messages my wife sent me while pregnant uh-huh. Uh-huh. about food because they're so funny one of them w- that I oh, will never forget it just says OMG barbecue chips <laughs> that's all it that. says you're right there you that. go <laughs> it's like oh okay I'll get you barbecue chips honey no problem <laughs> but uh, the late double it does start race 10 the blame mile and an eighth on the dirt for four-year-olds and up again two hundred thousand dollars here the long-awaited return of american revolution who ran huge last year winning the cigar mile only lost last year was in the pennsylvania derby to a horse you may have heard of on this show everybody drank hot rod charlie <laughs> look if he's back he wins uh, i'm going to try to play against him here i'm going to use the six scalding in this spot four runs four wins this year uh, a slower developing son of nyquist who waited until his four-year-old year to break his maiden good job by the he barn, by the way, to let that horse develop. And so I'm going to go six as a single in the blame and try to beat wow. American Revolution really? and try to get some money in the late sequence. Okay. Uh, I am not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have the eight American Revolution. Uh, I think that his form is pretty solid. You know, he started out and he ran against Open Company at Keeneland in a maiden special weight. Uh, being a New York bred, he then goes back to to Belmont and he runs in uh, and Florida. Or no, I'm sorry, that's Finger Lakes. Wow. Uh, Let's call that pregnancy brain. Um, And he runs in some of the New York bred stakes races, does really well. Fine. That's great. You you won some state restricted races. Are you that good of a horse? He he runs, like you said, in that very interesting race with Hot Rod Charlie, Midnight Bourbon, etc. Runs a big number, but still third, beaten by six lengths. Comes back in another New York bred race. But the fact that he was able to win last time in the Cigar Mile, I mean, that elevated his form. Exactly. Against Open Company, grade one race, you know. He was the favorite that day, so I think we, I remember us talking about that and, and trying to analyze just how competitive of a field that grade one race was, because um, I think uh, some of us felt like maybe it wasn't as salty as we had seen in prior years. Um, but that being said, Florent Giroud jumps on here, which I'm actually surprised that he ha- Florent isn't riding Sias on this card as much as I thought. Like yeah. There were some other horses that I, I was sure I would see you know, Flo's name on and I, and I didn't in some of these other stakes races. So that's interesting that he hangs around um, to ride this one. But uh, the one horse proxy would be the other one that I was going to go to for Mike Stidham, who I think is an excellent horseman and, um, and does really well with Luis Saez. They went at 17% together. 
you know, this is technically an easier spot because this horse is is going from grade three, grade two company back to a listed stakes race. Um, But I think that he's done some very good running in his career, too. And he's run up against some tough horses, Midnight Bourbon, Mandaloon, Hot Rod Charlie, you know, Olympiad, two races back, who's obviously shown us how good of a horse he is. And then I think you can make a case for Dynamic One as well. Third start off the layoff for this one. They, you know, put this horse in the Kentucky Derby last year, draw a line through that. Before that, he, you know, he took the New York path so he was second in the wood memorial and then he's he's just had kind of some interesting spots i don't know what to make of him i do like the fact that he too gets that little bit of class relief you get tyler gaffley on board you got todd pletcher um i think he he could be an interesting horse third start off the layoff i'm fascinated that pletcher has florent on American Revolution and Tyler on Dynamic One. Mm-hmm. And that Saez is riding proxy. Now, I think that's more of a Godolphin thing, mm. right? And so sometimes the jockeys yes. have to yes, yes, ride yes, for yes, ownership yes. groups. I think that's what that is in this in this situation. But the, the Pletcher choice of Tyler on Dynamic One as opposed to on American Revolution is very interesting. Where did you land here, Dan? Uh, I'm with you. I landed on Scalding. Okay. Uh, there were several red flags for me for American Revolution. The one being that Saez, who has ridden him at least to the last six times that show on the form, is on proxy. I, I know his numbers are terrific, uh, but he did get beat six and three-quarter lengths by Hot Rod Charlie. Uh, the Cigar Mile, um, that was, uh, again, he got a big number, but they came the last quarter in a blistering 26 and three mm. uh which that's i mean <laughs> that's har- an, that's aqueduct though har- <laughs> harness horses harness horses go that fast um and and it was a very as megan said a very soft cigar mile plainsman who finished third in there is a brad cox horse who is a uh, grade three listed kind of horse mm-hmm. i like scalding i like scalding because his numbers have improved uh, the last four starts uh, that that race at keeneland at a mile and an eighth i thought was very impressive when he beat two horses that are all all, all also in this field and the the uh, the line says he hopped at the start and right. i remember i remember watching that uh, that race so i'm with you louie it's all scalding for me interesting all right i did not expect that usually people just agree with megan um <laughs> no no i i like scalding as well i just thought there was some you know it was an interesting field to talk about because you've got some of the rematches coming back around and then you've got the heavy favoritism on the outside with the New York bread, you know, so yeah. it, it makes for a really, you know, albeit only, what is it, eight horses in this field, which I guess isn't bad. Um, it's just a really interesting makeup, you know, and I'm curious to see how these horses do at, at facing each other once again uh, at a different track. So the uh, the mirror of the regret, which is for three-year-old fillies, is the Audubon, the last race on the card at Churchill tomorrow, one a mile and an eighth on the turf for three-year-olds. It was the 3rd of June. <laughs> uh, reminder, this is Sports Talk, Mike Pratt, Dan Issel. Uh, I'm in for Mike Pratt. My name's Louis Rabot, alongside Megan Devine. We are two-thirds of the Horse Racing Happy Hour podcast trio. Mike Gandolfo is in Italy. 
doing the thing, Jealous. visiting the motherland, um, yeah, right? eating delicious food and drinking delicious wine and whatever else people do in Italy. That's all I would do. I would just, just restaurants yeah, and wine and sit outside. Sure. And yeah, that's it. Um, I can't wait but, to uh, not be pregnant and do that. Yeah, right. <laughs> it sounds amazing. And, um, I, I'll fill in the gaps for you on that. But the uh, and the last race here is the Audubon, like we mentioned, for three-year-olds. Uh, Dan's long shot pick is in this race. Go ahead, Dan. Yeah, 3rd of June, it's Tallahatchie Bridge. Uh, a, a jockey switch, Tyler gets off and Florent uh, gets on. And, uh, you know, that's, that's more with my, uh, with my heart uh, than, than my head. But I thought this was a pretty wide-open race. I thought you could use the 7, a war front, although I just noticed Suge has not won a race at Churchill yet. Yeah. So that, uh, I, don't know about, I, I don't know about that. Uh, you always have to pay attention to Chad Brown, uh, and he goes to Santana in this one with the 9-horse James Jones. Uh, I suppose you could make a case. Louis Saez is on the 10 speaking count. But uh, I thought, for my money, uh, I thought in my pick five, this is where I'm really going to spread. Yeah, I thought the same thing, which I kind of, I love pick fives that end with a race like this, right? A, a competitive field where you really can't, you know, figure out if you've got a, a, a really solid opinion about a horse on the turf, especially. Um, I love that Churchill ends the card with Audubon. Uh, I, I went to the two Grand Sonata for Todd Pletcher and Tyler Gaffleone teaming up. I feel like his form is one of the more consistent in this group. Uh, he obviously loves the turf. You know, he's going to run second, start off the layoff. I did not think that last race was bad, although the comment line does say hung, which is not something we like to see in horse racing, um, meaning he just didn't have any, any finish to him. He, you know, kind of just stayed stale at the end of that race. And so... I think he can come back with that fitness that he got out there at Keeneland in the Transylvania and and improve off that. Uh, the other horse would be the nine who you mentioned, Dan, James Jones, uh, with Chad Brown and Ricardo Santana Jr. Um, and then some of the horses on the outside, too. Speaking Scout, who you mentioned already. And Major General is an interesting one for me. I, I don't yes. know how I feel about him showing up on the turf here. Um, because I felt like he was such a really interesting horse. I loved him going into the Lexington where he finished second to Tawny Port. And I felt like he did really well over that Keeneland surface. And he's only raced on the dirt in his career. They did work him, to be fair, over the Churchill Down surface on the turf, um, going four furlongs around the dogs in 50, which isn't anything to write home about, but at least he got his feet on the grass. And they could see kind of how he could get a hold of it with his stride. So... I mean, Todd Pletcher's a Hall of Fame trainer. I guess why not? It, but he does pick up Brian Hernandez Jr., who he also never really rides. So there's a lot happening <laughs> with Major General that I just don't know how I feel about. But still, I mean, he's he's an eight to one price, so they like him better than a, a few others in here. So, and then I of course added your your three horse there, Dan. Obviously, uh, Tallahassee Bridge because there you not. go. There <laughs> and you to go. be fair, you get Florent Giroux. He sticks around for this horse at the end of the card. And Safi Joseph Jr. with just a couple of horses running here in Kentucky because typically he, most of his horses are Florida. He's got a couple in New York, etc. Um, he's winning at twenty two percent and placing his horses very well. They are performing excellently. So I I don't think you're far off there and for 10 to 1 with flow aboard it's a pretty good price that's uh that's a horse that's already won over fifty thousand dollars as a three-year-old they bred him for five grand 
Those are the kinds of horses Dan would love to have a hundred of. So uh, the uh, I laid on the two Grand Sonata as well. I just think that coming out of those races, I think Side Dog's one of the more talented three-year-old turf horses going right now. Didn't show up great uh, on Derby Day, but uh, gave the horse a little bit of a breather here. Todd Pletcher does that at 24%, and uh, he and Tyler 0 for 7 to start the Churchill Downs meet. Eventually, mm-hmm. that's going to get snapped uh, as well. Uh, I think Red Run is a really interesting horse here was in that race on derby day in the american turf just wasn't able to show up gets less competition here picks up julian steve asmussen seems to pick him in very specific spots and they hit together at a very very high rate so i think if you're going to play a 10 to 1 you're going to play the gun runner uh, that's red run here who's been trying to just tried the turf excuse me and gets back on again and um you know is it okay to just say i trust chad brown to put horses in stakes company because he wins at 22 percent and he's really good on the turf and chad brown going chad brown chad brown chad brown (laughs) class on class uh 29 uh in a very limited sample size with ricardo santana jr who if i praise earlier i should praise now and so i think they have a shot as well so i'm actually two uh six and nine here that is james jones the uh the nine horse so there you go dan another uh another friday handicapping session yeah, that was a, that was a lot of fun, and it'll be fun to see uh, Monday morning how we how we did. Uh, I, I will know quicker than Monday morning because my TVG account will either be depleted or have the mumps. One of the two. Well, there you go. Well, thank you, Dan. Another good week hanging out. I'll see you on Monday. Okay. Okay, Thanks, and uh, Megan, thank you very much, and uh, enjoy your weekend. We'll be right back here again Monday morning at ten o'clock on Sports talk with Mike Pratt, Dan Issel, and Louis Rabot. Have a great weekend, everybody.